otherwise, yeah. Hey, I know you just sat, but would you stand with me for the reading of the scriptures today? This is from Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. It says, since you, have, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right, grab a seat. Grab a seat. Welcome home again, everyone. If you don't know me, my name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. Thrilled to be sharing on this fourth and final week of our November series called The Reset, where we're taking a closer look at what it means to live faithful in a culture of compartments and compromise and complications. And so just really grateful um, for that. If you, you know, if you're just joining us and you missed any of this series, I just want to give you a quick recap to kind of prime you for what you're about to hear today. Week one of the series, we talked about how when we become Christians, part of the deal is that we have been given this brand new life, like we just heard in Colossians 3. You've been raised to new life, and in that new life, you've been given a new foundation to build this new life on. And that foundation, that firm foundation, is Jesus. He is the only firm foundation strong enough to support our future faith. And so if you're a Christian, then it's always only Jesus. And the church says amen. That was week one. Week two, we talked about how as we build our lives on this foundation, this first floor of our faithfulness must be his truth. His truth. We learn that truth matters most because our understanding of what's true literally creates the reality we acknowledge and call home. And while the world keeps telling us to find our own truth or make our own truth or discover our own truth, the Christian confession for the last 2,000 years, two millennia, is that there is only one person who gets to decide and determine what's true, and that is Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. We don't get to decide what's true. Rather, it's up to us to seek truth. We don't decide. We seek so we might discover what he, the truth, Jesus says is true. And then we would build our lives with it. And that was week two. Jesus is the truth. And he decides what's true. Then last week, Pastor Derek, can you believe it, hits a home run message talking about... I know, this, listen, none of this is about Pastor Derek, it's all about Jesus, but what a gift he was last week, right? I, heard, I had a couple of you come up after the service and, and, and you were like, you better be careful, he's coming for you. And I, I said, he can have it, he can have it. But listen, last week Pastor Derek talked about um, the importance of pressing reset on our efforts and intentions and how we must reorient our lives, our minds on the mission of God that our mission must be his mission to seek and save those who are lost. And so over the course of November, we talked about that we must build our lives on Jesus, the firm foundation with his truth, so we might participate in his mission to go save the world. And this is the Christian life and what it means to be faithful in a culture of confusion. If you missed any of it or any of the weeks of this series, I would encourage you to go back, listen on YouTube or on the podcast. We have a Spotify, we have an Apple podcast. Go check it out because today we are moving on and we are wrapping up with our final reset for faithfulness. And this is actually my favorite thing in the world to talk about, and that is 
the future and our vision for it. So if you're taking notes today, I'd like to call this message Through the Lens of Heaven. Through the Lens of Heaven. And the big idea for what we're covering today is that God wants us to see the world and the future like he does through the lens of heaven. When the heaven meets earth. What does that mean? Let's find out. So as we begin today talking about vision, I want to start by defining some terms because vision can mean a lot of different things uh, to a lot of different people. And so when I say vision, specifically vision for the future, here's, here's a quick definition for it. That vision is the act or power of anticipating that which will or the act, the power, it's the capacity to catch a glimpse into what could be the future and what dreams may come from it. And the first thing I need you to understand today, if you're taking notes, is that we all have vision. We all have vision. Built into the human experience is the capacity to anticipate or see that which will or may come to be. Now, some of you in the house today might be thinking, I don't know, Pastor, I'm not much of a dreamer. But listen, it's true. We all have vision for the future because we all have thoughts about what might come next. Whether it's lunch after church, or the flights on your way home to see family over Christmas, or, or maybe what might happen after your next job promotion, we all have vision and expectation about the future. We do. God made us that way. But all that said, this vision that we all have the capacity for, you know, to see the future, it, it often looks different for different people in different seasons with different backgrounds. And that's because I believe vision is typically informed by two key lenses we use to see the world. The first, our vision is informed by the lens of reality we acknowledge and occupy, or the foundation, like we've been talking about, the foundation we use to build our life on. The second lens our vision is formed by is our lens for what's true, our truth, and what we believe is true within this reality. So let me say this one more time if you're taking notes. Your vision and your dreams for the future, they are informed by how you see the world through the lens of reality and truth. Your vision starts with your lens for reality and truth. It reminds me of a couple months ago, my boy, he's eight, he shouts out from his room. And, I, and we don't have a big house, but he's, he shouts out from his room because that's what little boys do. And he just says, Dad, something's wrong. I can't see. And, and like any good dad, um, I, I just sit there and I shout back, Man, that's really too bad, Ford. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you can't see. Maybe come and talk to me about it instead of shouting across the house. But he's like, No, Dad, really. I, I, can't, I can't see. And so I get up. I walk into his room, the 10 feet that it took, um, where I see that he's playing with some toy binoculars. And does anyone know what binoculars are? Of course you do, right? What are they, do what are they for? They're there to help you see further, right? They're, they exist to help you see beyond where you are and into where you could be, right? And so he's sitting there, and he's playing with these binoculars, and all of a sudden, any lingering questions about his, his failing eyesight are now alleviated, right? But he looks at me, and he says, why can't I see anything? Everything's blurry. Everything is distorted. And so I grab the binoculars. I burn off. I didn't see anything either. And I start kind of twisting the little dial on the top to try to focus things a little bit. And, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen where you look and you're like, what is happening right now? 
But then I realize, as I'm, as I'm trying to mess with these binoculars, I look down, and there's a little arrow on it. And the arrow was pointing at, at me, and so I take a closer look, and sure enough, they were backwards. <laughs> they were backwards. Everything was distorted. I couldn't see clearly. Why? Because we were looking through the long lens. I was looking through the wrong lens. Now, what am I getting at here? My boy, we figured it out, and now he loves the binoculars. But what am I getting at? Friends, where you start, where you fix your eyes and build your life, this lens that you look for, for reality and truth, it will ultimately determine your vision for the future. It will determine the destiny you discover. Why? Because these two things, reality and truth, they set a baseline perspective. They set a trajectory for what you can see and believe is possible. Reality and truth. Now, now, why does this matter? Why does this matter? Why am I yammering about present when today's about the future? Well, this is important to establish, this, this, because you can't have a future of faithfulness, which is what God wants most for all of us. You can't have a future of faithfulness if you're looking through the long lens. This is it. You can't have a future of faithfulness without your vision Focused on the right reality. That your vision focused on the present reality of Christ and his truth. And I know we've been talking about this for weeks now, this reset with reality and truth and mission as we lean into faithfulness. I get this. And so some of it might be a bit redundant for you. But indulge me, because when I think about what most Christians believe is possible, when I think about what most Christians, their, their vision for the future, I can, I can tell you it's rarely informed by the present reality of Christ. It's rarely informed by Christ. The dreams that come in their hearts and minds are almost never inspired by what God says is real about them and the world around them as they look through these lenses of reality and truth. But rather, both in and outside of the church, their vision is almost always inspired by what they feel or perceive as reasonable or makes sense or what will bring the greatest return on investment or the greatest meaning and purpose and pleasure as they look through the lens of their own truth, right? And I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't want to assume that you have been there with the binoculars backwards, but I know I have. I know I've been there way more than I'd like to admit. There have been so many seasons in my life where my vision my dreams for the future were tethered to the past, tethered to my former brokenness instead of my present reality of Christ. It's almost like I saw the future through these distorted lenses of past mistakes and insecurities and failures instead of the truth and promise of God, his goodness and love. Seriously, I, I've lived so many days with a twisted perception of reality. I imagine we all have. I imagine we all have, but y'all, I'm here to tell you, if you are a Christian, God wants to reset your vision today. God wants to reset your vision so you might see the future and what's possible like he does through the lens of heaven coming to earth. God wants everything you believe for today and the dreams you have for tomorrow to be informed by, not by what you can do, or what you have done, but instead by the reality of Christ and Christ alone. 
a reality we see revealed and exposed in the scriptures everywhere, but specifically here in the book of Ephesians, chapters 2 and 3. And so I'm going to read you an extent, a, a, a significant passage of scripture today to help reset reality for all of us today. And this is the lens of heaven, starting in verse 12. It says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Because of Christ, and what did Christ do? Where is our faith found? Here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience, and you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. This was reality, friends. Verse 3, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were, past tense, subject to God's anger just like everyone else. This is who you were, friends. This is where you've been and what you've done. But, the greatest but in human history, verse 4, right here, God is so rich in mercy but God is so rich in, in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And this is now your present reality. This is your truth. Let that sink in for just a second. Verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. None of, so none of us can boast about it. For we are, this is present reality, friends. Verse 10, we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. This is your present reality and truth. Now back to Ephesians 3. This is when heaven really meets earth. It says this in verse 14. It says, when I think about this, when I think about this, comes with it. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long and high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And this is it right here. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work where? Within to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Friends, this is some good news, y'all, right? If you're a Christian, then this is your present reality designed to inspire your vision for what's possible. God doesn't want you to focus your vision for the future on your past. He does not want you to focus your vision for what's possible uh, on verse 1, where it says that once you were dead— he doesn't want your world to be built around your disobedience and your many sins. No, he wants your vision for the future, which gives way to your eternal destiny, to be tethered to verse 8 and verse 10. Let me read this for you. That God saved you by your, his grace when you believed. 
This is your truth, for we are God's masterpiece. This is your reality. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things. This is who you are. This is your reality. If you're a Christian, you are no longer who you once were. I don't know who needs to hear that this morning, but I'm just going to say it one more time. You are no longer who you once were. You are a new creation. You're no longer a broken sinner if you're with Jesus, wasting away under the weight of your own limitations. You are a Christian. Your future is no longer limited to your finite vision for what's possible on your own. Looking through the wrong side of binoculars, you you have been created fresh and new and clean in Christ Jesus so you can do good things. And this is real and this is true. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish more, infinitely more than we might ask or think. You catch that? God's power, God's power, this is reality, God's power that created the world, the same power that poured oceans and formed mountains, the same power that shines the light of a thousand suns into our universe, the same power that holds all things together and raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Friends, that power is at work within you and with me. And it's there to accomplish infinitely more than you ask or think. Now somebody tell me, as as you look through the lens of heaven, as you process this reality of Christ, somebody tell me, what is actually possible as you build your life on Jesus? What's possible? Everything! All things are possible. Everything is possible. Infinitely more than you might ask or think. Infinitely more. And it's through this lens this first lens that God wants us to focus our vision for the future, to reset our focus for what could be through the lens of heaven on his power, on his power, not our past. On his promise, not our preferences, not our passions, but on his promise, on his goodness, not our goals. He wants us to refocus on his unlimited resources and perfect plan, not our limited pursuit of what we think is best. God wants you to reset your expectations for what could be tomorrow, today, to on the truth of Jesus and what he did for you. God wants you to dream God-sized dreams about the future from the reality of Christ as you commit to build your life on him. And this is ultimately what it means to be faithful. This is what it means to be faithful. According to the scriptures, God doesn't want you to underestimate him. He doesn't want you to believe he only did miracles before, and now he's somehow uninterested or incapable of flexing his power. Our God isn't out of gas, y'all, and and he wants us to know it and believe for more because he is doing more. He's doing more. And our God, he has a vision. Our God is has a vision not for what should be, but for what will be. And here it is. I just want to open your eyes to the future from Revelation chapter 21, a glimpse into when heaven meets earth for good. It says this. It's on the screen. This is the promise for the end. This is reality for you and me. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. The sea was also gone. Sea in the ancient world represented chaos and confusion. Okay? So the sea, chaos, confusion was gone for good. 
Verse 2, I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. The church was beautiful. Verse 3, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. This is the future. This is the vision. Verse 5. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. All things new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Friends, this is, this is, this is what's coming. This is the future and where his mission is headed. This is our reality and our truth, and he wants us to know it. He, why does he want us to know? It's so we might be faithful to join him in it, starting here and now. So we might have vision that exceeds our own limitations and choose to see the world through his supernatural lens of heaven as we build our lives on this reality, the reality of the supremacy of Christ. God wants you to see the world like he does. He wants you to see the future like he does and allow what you see, this reality you acknowledge, the truth that you find, to inspire your vision for the future through the lens of heaven. So, what can we do? Because I tell you what, even though I believe this stuff, like this is true, and even though I believe it, and I know this is where history is going, even though I know this reality, I still so often see the world through distorted lenses, looking backwards through the binoculars. So, so how can we learn to look through the lens of heaven? How can we begin to approach today with hindsight knowing what's possible tomorrow in Jesus' name? Follow me back to our opening scripture for just a second. This is Colossians chapter 3, and it's just such good news. It says this. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, sets your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, his glory. So what can we do? I'm going to make this real quick for you. If you want to reset your vision for the future, to see the world like God does, to see the future beyond your own finite limitations, verse 2, two things. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. It's real simple. I know it may be a little too simple, but that's really all it takes to reset your vision for what could be. If you want to see the future like God does, think about the realities of heaven, not the limitations of earth. Got it? Yeah, okay, cool. Well, let me tell you how to do it. <laughs> let me give you some tips for how we can live this out. If you want to think about the things of heaven to see the world like God does, it starts by opening your Bibles, okay? Open your Bibles and read about how God sees the world. And then think about it. 
Read about how God loves the world. For God so loves the world that he gave his only son. Read this, bring this into your mind and think about it. Spend time processing what you read. Read about how, how God has brought the things of heaven to earth before and then, and then think about it. Meditate on this truth. Meditate on this reality. Take time to read and fill your mind with all the ways God moved throughout history. Think about all the ways that God moved that seemed totally impossible and crazy, and then just think about it. Think about it. And then, and then start to think about how God can do it again. Think about what God did, and then recognize God can do it again, and he will to achieve his dream. Because we know where history is going. So read about how Jesus healed the sick. And then think about how God will heal the sick again and more, and he will as we walk towards Revelation chapter 21. Think about and read about how God rained provision down on his people in the wilderness, and then think about how he can do it again for you and for me, and he will. Think about and read about how God rescued his people from their brokenness, from their captivity, from their chains, and led them into a new promise. Think about how he can do it and how he'll do it again for you and for me. And he'll do this to reach his dream of a new heaven and a new earth. I hope this is making sense. If you want to reset your vision to see the world like God does, you got to first see what God did in the world and recognize that he can do it again. You know what? He will. He will do it again. So fill your heart and mind with his goodness. Fill your heart and mind with testimonies of his kindness. How many of you here today have, have experienced the kindness of God? How many of you here today have experienced his goodness? How many of you here today have experienced his mercy and grace and love. Amen. Fill your heart and mind with those stories. Think about the things of heaven. Think about the ways that God has moved in and around you. Focus your eyes. Fix your eyes on this realities if you want to look through the right lens. So that's first. You've got to think about the things of heaven. And how does that play out? I mean, open your Bibles. Listen to podcasts. Talk with friends. Come to church. Coming to church is a key piece of fixing your eyes on the realities of heaven. Being here in God's house as God moves. So fix your eyes on the realities of heaven. The second thing, if you want to see the world like God does in the future like he does, verse 2, as you think about the things of heaven, make an intentional decision to not think about the things of earth. Don't think about the things of earth. Why? Verse 3, because you had died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You might still live here, but you are a citizen of the future in heaven. You might still occupy this space, this human experience, but you are destined for better things in heaven. As God makes all things new here, your reality is now hidden with Christ and God. So stop thinking about the things of the earth. No more confusion, no more compartments, no more compromise. Now, how does this play out? There's, guys, there's friend. There are times where my brain just goes. Anybody else's brain just kind of go where it wants sometimes? Yeah, I know. 
even with my best of intentions, Scripture says take every thought captive. Y'all, I want to take every thought captive, but sometimes my brain is just like juking all over the place, okay? I think about dumb stuff all the time. Anybody else think about dumb stuff? Yes. So how do you just not think about dumb stuff? Okay, I would say the easiest thing, if you want to not think about dumb stuff, the things of this earth, practice the process of elimination. And this isn't meant to be legalistic or prescriptive, but if you catch yourself, if you catch your vision shifting away from heaven and back down to earth, start eliminating things that feed that shift. Eliminate the things that pull you away from the realities of heaven. Like, if you can't watch certain shows on Netflix or movies and still maintain a vision for what could be when Jesus moves, then you got to cut them out. You just got to turn them off. And it's not about, like, them being bad art or bad, independently bad things. It's that for some of us, we are incapable of focusing on Jesus while still engaging with our old life. And so if you can't watch and still dream about the future God has for the world, then turn it off. Just, just turn it off. If you can't be in certain conversations or exist with certain people without losing focus on Jesus, if, you're, if the fruit of the Spirit dries up in your life around certain people, then cut it out and walk away. Just walk away of how you spend your time and what information and content you bring into your life. And if you can't look to the future with hopeful optimism like God does, when you're scrolling on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter, then just turn it off. The things of earth, the things of earth, just cut it out. But what do you do when, when that space is left empty? What do you do to fill that up? You fill it up with the realities of heaven. And this is, this is how you see the world like God does. It's by removing the blinders, taking the, 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 the lesser lenses off your eyes. Removing the content that distracts you and creates compartments. Removing yourself from situations that create compromise in your confession and, that, and bring everything back to Jesus. Bring everything back to Jesus. This is how you see the world and future like God does. And friends, this is ultimately what it means to be faithful. If you're a Christian, raise your hand. Good. This is what it means to be faithful. It's building everything back on Jesus. He is your firm foundation. Let me see the hands one more time. Who's a Christian? Everyone, okay. Okay. This is, your, this is your key to faithfulness. Jesus is everything. You build your life on him, on his truth. You move in his mission with his vision. You focus your sights on the realities of heaven. You keep your eyes off the things of the earth. And I get that it's tough. I get it. I get that there's so many things that are begging for our attention, that are pulling us back. Some of the good things, right? Some of these good distractions, like, like family and opportunities and careers and, and creativity and success, all these things are good. And then there's the bad things that are holding us back too. It's like our, the garbage of our past and all of our mistakes, our insecurities, our frustrations, our bitterness, all these things. And, and there's these tethers that are pulling us in the back and forth and back and just to distract us from building our life on the firm foundation. So today, guys, we gotta, we got to cut the cord. And we got to start building in the right place with the right lens. We build our lives on the reality of Jesus, informed by his truth, engaged in his mission, as we look through his lens of heaven for what could be and will. As God advances history to its greatest possible end.
place where there is no more pain. There is no more brokenness. There is no more fear. There is no more death. For those former things have passed away. This is the Christian life. And this is what it takes to be faithful to your confession. And reset. And into the reset that God is calling us into. Amen? Hey, how about that? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I want to pray for you. Um, I want to pray for you because y'all... Come on, Fran. How many of you have wasted days of your life? All of us. How many of you have wasted more days than you'd like? All of us. God wants to use you in your life and your faith, your life of faithfulness. He wants to use it to change the world. He wants to use your life to help save the world. He wants to use you to call a broken world into repair and a lost world into be found. And he wants to use your life to make found people live in the freedom they've been given. He wants to use you for absolutely amazing things. It doesn't matter what you've experienced over here. It doesn't matter what promises you find on this side. As we walk this narrow road with Jesus and we build our lives on his foundation, he is going to do infinitely more than all you could ask or imagine through your life if you give your life to him. The the best future you can imagine on your own is trash compared to the infinite glory that God is calling us into. So let us be a church that builds on Jesus. Let us be a church that owns his truth as our own. Let us be a church that embraces his mission to seek and save the lost with key vision focused on the things of heaven. Amen? This is what it means to be faithful. So I want to pray for you, and then we're going we're gonna to get out of here. But thanks for listening, and I'm so grateful um, that you want to be faithful. Let's pray. Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we believe you're real and you're good and you love us and you lead to peace. We ask that you would be with us now and lead us into greater faithfulness in your name. God, we ask that you'd reset our vision, that you'd reset our intentions, that you'd reset the truth that we have held onto from the world, that you'd reset our former understandings of your truth and reality, God, that you'd reset our faith today so we might be your people, so we might go and and take bold, faithful steps towards you today. Jesus, I have a dream for this church that it would be known uh, to be, that we would be known as a church in the foothills to reflect your glory everywhere we go. Jesus, I want this church to be a, a city on a hill, a light in the darkness of Los Angeles so people might come to know what it means to be alive and they might come to know what you are like. And so God, we just ask that you would give us the courage to be faithful today. That we would cut out all the crap from our lives, God, and build fresh on your foundation. That you'd strip away all the lies, all the deception that we have welcomed into our mind, and we would build with your truth. God, that we would abandon any other future intentions that are outside of your mission and your vision as you bring heaven to earth. And so, God, I'm just so grateful to be a part of a church that wants that. I ask that you would just give us the courage to be faithful. God, that you'd give us the courage to take bold steps of faith today.
so we might make the most of our days from here to heaven. So Jesus, we love you, we honor you, we thank you. We're so grateful for the life that you've given us, and we're so grateful for the heart that you have for us. God, just call us out. Call us out into greater faith. Give us the courage to take those steps today. And we thank you. Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. And we all said, amen. Amen. Love you guys. Hope you have a great Sunday. Encourage you, grab some lunch with friends. Otherwise, if you have questions about anything you heard, I'd love to talk. Otherwise, we'll see you next Sunday, okay? Love you. See you.